Welcome one and all to another episode of the Shed Show edition of the Damage Report. I am John Adarola, and for the remainder of this week, I will be broadcasting from home. So, you know, some of you might like that. Some of you on the podcast might not even know what I'm talking about. But for those of you watching live, thank you so much for being here because we have a lot that we're gonna be talking about through the course of this show. Just in the first hour, we have new broader threats from Donald Trump if he does not receive the um the unbreakable immunity from prosecution that he wants. We have increasing signs that Donald Trump himself and his ring of cronies are getting more and more worried about Nikki Haley in this GOP primary because they are lashing out against her in ways that I think are ridiculous. So too is Ramaswamy lashing out at the entire primary process. We're gonna maybe talk about him for one of the last times because it seems like his campaign is rapidly disassembling. And then a whole lot more besides. Taylor Swift, is she a pop icon or a psyop or both? We're gonna weigh the evidence such as it is a little bit later on the show. But throughout this, I'm gonna be joined by the one, the only, Shared, you're back, it's good to have you. Hi. Good to be here as always with you. And I know it's gonna be a fun lineup. It's gonna be a really yes. fun show. 100% always enjoy breaking down the news with you. So glad to have you here. You've been super busy on the network the past few months. I feel like every time I pop into Indisputable, I see you there. So it's great that we're getting a renewed chance to get you back on in the news. Yeah, maybe so I just to, uh, intercepted the signal or something. I don't know why they keep letting me come on, but I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm happy to, I'll fight for it. Um, I am seeing some indication that I might be having some kind of audio issue. So I'm trying to track that. So apologies if my audio is going out for anyone, but we're gonna we're gonna keep on that. The Shed Show is not yet fully armed and operational apparently, um, but we're gonna be working on it. Anyway, with all that said, we got a lot to look forward to. Hit the like button if you're on a platform where that makes sense. And uh, with that said, Sharon, are you ready to do this thing? I'm ready. Okay, let's do it. We're gonna jump right into this. And I think we're doing very well. I think it's very unfair when a opponent, a political opponent, is prosecuted by the DOJ, by Biden's DOJ. Uh, so they're losing in every poll. They're losing in almost every demographic. Uh, numbers came out today that are uh, really very mind-boggling if you happen to be Joe Biden. And I think they feel this is the way they're going to try and win. And that's not the way it goes. It'll be bedlam in the country. It's a very bad thing. It's a very bad precedent, as we said. It's the opening of a Pandora's box, and that's a very, that's a very sad thing. Mr. Mr. President, you just used the word bedlam. Will you tell your supporters now, no matter what, no violence? Well, that's about as clear as it could be. Uh, those are. I guess we're supposed to say veiled threats of chaos and violence from Donald Trump, but that is a that is a veil that's not really hiding anything. I'd be very bashful if that was the only thing that was protecting me. Uh, no, that is Donald Trump saying, um, if I don't get the immunity that I want, he's you know the the Court of Appeals is considering his lawyers, I think, deranged case for him to be immune from literally any prosecution of anything unless the Senate were to convict him following impeachment, unless he gets that. There's gonna be violence. And you might say, well, you've been talking about these threats for a while. Yesterday in the show, John, you talked about the threats, and we did. Those were legal, deranged legal threats against Joe Biden. If I don't have immunity, then he doesn't get immunity. I'll come after him. I'm not so much worried about those sorts of threats, partially because 
I don't super care what ends up happening to Joe Biden. He's not my uncle or anything. But much more importantly, because the things that they claim they will prosecute Joe Biden for are utter nonsense that there's no evidence for. And so they can try to do whatever they want. It doesn't mean that they have a case. This, I think, should be far more concerning for regular Americans. The idea that regardless of what Donald Trump does, if he doesn't get immunity, if he loses one way or the other, there will be chaos. And what do you mean? Do you mean violence? They asked him specifically, will you tell your followers not to engage in violence? And you know what, reporters, do your job, earn your check. Sure, ask him that every time. But I got news for you, spoiler alert. He is never going to rule it out because that is the game that he plays. He wants his followers to engage in acts of violence. Individual mass shootings at Walmarts and things like that, but also mass uprisings when politics doesn't go his way. And so you should be very worried about that. We already have a surge of violent political threats that that's being tracked. The Washington Post has a great report on it. So we're seeing more of that, more hate crimes. We already have so many cases previously where those who were found to have committed acts of violence and threats and things like that. Specifically cited their love for Donald Trump and his political ideology. And so this is what I am worried about. Not, not specifically about what Donald Trump is going to do, although that does need to be tracked and there should be consequences for it. But more so his continued ability to inspire the masses of deluded people who unfortunately follow him to engage in acts of threats, violence, and chaos. And Sharon, we we don't yet know what's gonna end up happening. It doesn't seem as if this court of appeals is buying what his lawyers are trying to sell in terms of presidential immunity. But what is your read on that? Yeah, my read is that they're not going to give him what he wants. And like a little baby, worse, <laughs> a baby with all these millions and millions of followers, he's gonna react to it. And I agree with you, the media, Okay, I guess if you want to ask the courtesy question, but don't we already have a blueprint for what's going to happen? The better question is, how much bigger will you go this time with the violence? That's really what they should have asked him. And you know, asking him that kind of question is, I don't know, it's just so silly to me. It's like asking Michael Jordan in his heyday, are you going to take the last shot? He's <laughs> going to make a mess of things. He's going to keep us all on edge. He's going to have certain people in robes feeling threatened and unable to act. Hopefully the collective people in robes will get together and say, we're going to follow the law, the constitution, whatever. But these feel like exercises in something we've, I don't know, been through before. Haven't mm -hmm. we been through this before? Yeah, he's uh, he's kind of on trial for some of what we've already been through before that in part. relation to all of this. And it really does feel at this point like, like, I know that like I'm preaching to the choir on this, but are we all just ready to move past this this terrible situation we we find ourselves in? Where like I'm trying to consider all the different ways that this year could go. So he could uh, be convicted and go to jail for the crimes that he obviously committed. They're not even making the case that he didn't commit the crimes. They're only saying that it shouldn't matter that he did. Uh, if that happens, political violence and chaos, which is great. Um, okay, let's say he doesn't get convicted. Maybe the Supreme Court saves him, or maybe there's no evidence. Maybe he didn't steal the documents, and maybe he <laughs> didn't try to overturn the election. Sorry. Maybe we were all imagining that. Okay, so then he runs, but he loses anyway. Political violence and chaos, great. Honestly, though, even if he doesn't go to jail, and even if he does win the election, 
Do, do you all remember what happened the four years that he was president? A massive rise in hate crimes and hate speech and harassment and yes, violence as well. We still got the violence, let alone how his mismanagement of the pandemic resulted in hundreds of thousands of people needlessly dying. So we're really in a damned if you do, damned if you don't think. We're stuck between a rock and a fascist place where I can't conceive of what is supposed to happen that gets us through this period of American politics without people being killed. America needs to solve its problem. Other countries did when this whole thing erupted and Trump had friends like Boris, okay, in the UK mm -hmm. and others. They solved the problem, even countries that we perhaps don't naturally respect their level of democracy, told people that they're not going to be able to run for X amount of years because of what they perpetrated on the people. So we have to walk through the front door on this. And the problem is we do have Trump fatigue. We actually have Trump fatigue and everything else, as you mentioned, pandemic, all the body bags, didn't have enough masks, everything else. I haven't seen Fauci in a good long while. So That's we're true. tired of this, okay? But you created the problem, I say collectively, to America, okay? We can't separate those of us who saw a con coming and those of us who didn't. We, we just can't do that. We have to collectively say, we have to go through the front door and deal with the problem. If a skunk sprays outside your yard, I'm pretty sure in a hot August summer in Georgia, it's gonna permeate and it's gonna come over into my orbit, you gotta deal with it. Yeah, that's a potent imagery. <laughs> it would really smell so, bad. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, I just I, like I can. Can we just get back to the to the way politics worked before Trump, which was terrible in its own way, <laughs> where you had a establishment Republican who was demonizing gay people and promising to pass tax cuts, and then on the other side you had a centrist Democrat who was largely doing the same thing. And then you you had a small chance that maybe a progressive would beat the Democrat in the primary, and that was terrible. All that was terrible, but there was less. People gunning other people down because they disagree with him. Can we get back to that a little bit? Donald Trump is claiming that photos being shared of him have been generated by AI. And recently, we've seen a lot of claims that anything that reflects negatively on a politician was just made by AI. That is Roger Stone's go to defense. In this case, Trump is right, and that feels very weird to say. So he's attacking Mark Ruffalo for sharing images of Donald Trump on a plane, supposedly one of Epstein's planes, surrounded by children. Here's what the photos look like. You can see the tweet from Mark Ruffalo, actor and activist, saying, gross. MAGA wants to paint everyone on these flights as pedophiles, except the one guy who smiles at a group of young girls all headed to Epstein's fantasy island with him. My bet is there are some decent Republicans left in America that may think this is going too far. Well. That was going too far because those images are fake. By the way, if you're familiar with AI image generation, you can sort of, they have a characteristic way of doing things that it should be fairly obvious. And I would also say, by the way, I like Mark Ruffalo. I like a lot of what he does in politics. I feel like if you think that there are images showing Donald Trump on Epstein's plane with little girls going to the island, that's probably going to be on the New York Times. I don't think you need to find that on a tweet at this point. And don't trust things on Twitter. You already should have had skepticism a few years ago. Now, don't trust a damn thing that you see on Twitter. So that it's if it's too good to be true, perhaps it's too good to be true is what I would say. In any event, he has apologized 
and issued a correction saying, sorry, folks, apparently these images are AI fakes. The fact Trump was on Epstein's plane and what Epstein was up to is not, which is true. Be careful, Elon's ex and, ugh, and his allowing so much disinformation here is driving the value of Zap down by 55%, which all of that is true. I would say, while it is true that there's a lot more disinformation and he kind of was sucked into it, you also have to take responsibility for it. You know that there's disinformation, so we have to have better walls of critical thinking up against that. Because when you make a mistake like you did, and when you're as you know, well known and have as many followers as Mark Ruffalo does, you allow Donald Trump to bleed out things like this. This is what the Democrats do to their Republican opponent, Capitolo, who is leading them by a lot in the Capitol peoples. This is AI and it is very dangerous for our country. Also, I was never on Epstein's plane or it is <laughs> stupid. Stupid is in quotation marks. Capital I Island. So is he saying that someone else is calling it a stupid island? Because if he thinks it's a stupid island, why is it in quotation marks? Because that makes it seem as if you don't believe the word you're saying. What the hell is going on in your brain when you're typing things? Anyway, it will be a very big and very dangerous problem in the future, which I agree. I've been talking about how AI I think is very dangerous. Of course, what makes it dangerous is right wingers weaponizing it. In this particular case, yes, Donald Trump was hit by it, but 99 times out of 100 is gonna be used by right wingers who have shown that they have no problem whatsoever spreading disinformation. So Sharon, we have this weird case where Donald Trump is in the right and Mark Ruffalo's in the wrong. And I would agree with everything you said. He's gotta take responsibility for this. He's gotta be more careful, much more of a keen eye. Until 2016 came around, really in 2015, I guess he came down that elevator and everything's changed. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good to put up a fake picture, retweet it or re-exit or whatever you wanna call it. But at the end of the day, there's no bigger fake news. What's is Trump offended by this? I hope not. He loves fake news. He loves fake news. And so does the right. As I was nearly flew out of my chair with the Hunter Biden nonsense that went on today. But anyway, back to this. He should have apologized. That's what decent people do. But the rules have changed, John. The rules have changed. And people are gonna believe what they believe anyway. And if that mm-hmm. were a real picture, they wouldn't believe it anyway. They'd say, AI and Roger Stone and this and that. So what what does this really mean? Has there been an erosion of trust because he tweeted out an AI picture? No, I just don't believe there is, as sad as that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, I, I think there is very little trust to erode at this point. Um, and, and I see people in the chat saying, yeah, but what about all the other stuff about Trump and Epstein? No, I'm not discounting any of that. And we've talked about it multiple times. What I'm saying is, particularly when you have this stuff that is true and well reported, then why undercut it by being by, by not having the the guard up? It allows you to know that that this is uh, that this is not true. Um, that said, I do want to just quickly show this because he's talking about how it's it's AI, it's very dangerous. If any of you have spent any time on Donald Trump's True Social, what you will come to find out that in addition to some indisputable facts like it's the worst platform, it's terrible, the ads are laughable and oftentimes visually disgusting. Don't eat while you're on True Social. He loves AI images of him. He posts them all the time. There isn't a person like a a 40-year-old conservative in Iowa where graphic design is their passion, who puts together a terrible AI image that he won't re-bleat on his platform. Anything of him walking next to a giant lion with an Apache helicopter in the background or him riding a Harley with an Air 15, 
He tweets out all of that stuff. And I sort of get it, that's imagery that can't exist in the real world. If you wanna see that stuff, and they desperately wanna believe that he's tough enough to walk down a plane runway with a lion or whatever, you have to produce it with AI. What's funny though, is when they he spreads AI images of stuff that in theory, you shouldn't have to rely on stable diffusion to create. Take a look at this that he bleated out. Siggy Flicker says, pray for this man, pray for his family, pray for this country, pray for the world, and it's Donald Trump praying. That is an AI image. image. And what is amazing about that is, Siggy Flicker likes the idea that Donald Trump is a devout man. Siggy Flicker likes the idea that Donald Trump is religious and prays. Siggy Flicker would have attached a real photo of Donald Trump praying if those were on offer. Instead, like with the lion in the Apache helicopter, to get an image of Donald Trump down on one knee, they have to use artificial intelligence yeah. to produce it. And that is a sad state of affairs for the Republican Party. It is, it's, he can't get down on one knee, stop it. Okay, you gotta stop it. But I am very concerned about Siggy and we've got to get to her now. Because if you <laughs> believe this guy is this devout Christian, remember the Bible that was upside down? Yeah. Remember they said, what inspires you, paraphrasing, what what passage, what quote something for us? And he said, all of them. Like Sarah Palin <laughs> said when Katie Kirk said, what are you reading? Everything, you know, he couldn't do it. And so again, I say, what does this fakeness really do? It just reinforces where you already are. Now I will say this, I do moonwalk back on the point that you made, which is we're spending all this time talking about the fake photos. When there's real credible evidence of this man's associations. And I yeah. do think that you make a strong point there. And that is a problem because once again, what he really did is being diminished. And we're talking about like one little tiny mistake. And I do see it as tiny, True. wrong, but tiny. I agree, I think that that is fair. Um, and, and he did do, like, like Mark Ruffalo did actually apologize and owned up to the fact that it was fake when you know, when there's a car crash and everyone on the right immediately says, this is a trans activist terrorist plot. As soon as it turns out that it's not, most of them just never say anything. They just don't, they literally don't care. So they don't say anything. Um, I will disagree with you in turn on one thing. Mm. I do think that Donald Trump could get down on one knee. I just don't think he can back he up. Can't get up. And right. that's not a problem of just him. It's getting harder really? for me. Me too, <laughs> me too. But I'm working on it. Do you really think he's working on it? No, no, probably not. Um, and neither am I. Anyway, with that <laughs> said, I want to move to something a little bit more uh, significant here. One last little segment here. Donald Trump and the GOP are furious about efforts to take him off the ballot, saying, how dare you invalidate a candidacy? That's not how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to beat them at the ballot. You don't just disqualify them. Unless they're gaining the polls against Donald Trump, in which case that's exactly what they're going to do. And in characteristic fashion, Donald Trump bleated out this gateway pundit article, I guess. I don't, it just seems weird to call what they do an article. It's about how Nikki Haley is not qualified to be president or vice president because of a legal scholar's analysis. And that is Donald Trump saying that her parents were immigrants and thus, eh. I don't think she gets to be president. Look, there's a simpler version of this and we've learned it over the years with Donald Trump. She is not white, thus she does not get to be president or vice president. It's not true. 
Haley is a natural born US citizen who is of course eligible to serve as president. Um, the former ambassador of the United Nations was born on January 20th, 1972 in Bamberg, South Carolina. She was born there. She is just as able as Donald Trump to be president. And I would just say to her, when you are behind the scenes lobbying Donald Trump to make you his vice president, just remember that he said you weren't qualified to be vice president. That said, this is not new for Donald Trump. You remember when he spent five or six straight years saying that Barack Obama was born outside of the United States and thus should not be qualified to be president? Or Vice President Harris also might not be a natural born US citizen according to Donald Trump and thus is not qualified to be president of the United States. Ted Cruz as well had to defend himself back in 2016 against these. So look, there are definitely patterns here. And one is that when it's a candidate of color, he is not going to admit that they are qualified like good white people are to be president or vice president. But also when they say, how dare you try to invalidate a candidacy? That is his go-to move. The first thing out of his bag of tricks is, I don't have to beat these people. They don't get to run against me. Thankfully, he's failed in all these cases. But Sharon, what do you make of it? If I were a less sincere woman, I would retweet the, the false article on Nikki Haley with a laughing emoji. Because this is the same woman who refuses to really denounce Donald Trump, who said she'd vote for him again, who discredited an entire people suffering and did not seem to understand the cause of the Civil War and slavery. Okay, same Nikki Haley. So I would say, you know what? You want to lay down? Or choice of words. I don't mean any part of that, but I mean you want to hit your giddy up. How about that? Is that okay? To sure. something like that. And even in the 11th hour, you will not disavow the filth that comes out of his mouth. Then, oh, well, but then there's Ted Cruz. He shouldn't be impeached. He shouldn't be convicted. Didn't he accuse your father of being on a grassy knoll, Ted? Besides calling your wife ugly, to me, the ugly part is enough. you got to stand up for somebody sometime. So it's horrific, but this is what we're reduced to in politics. We know what Donald Trump's going to do. We already know what he's going to do. Yeah, It's the people around him who continue to turn a blind eye. You reap what you sow, you do. I'm sorry. You do, I and I 100% I understand that. And by the way, Nikki Haley's terrible. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk more about her. And yes, I continue to think that she shouldn't be president. I just, I, I hate the the utter hypocrisy on core stuff like, Gross. are you supposed to beat people in an election or can you just cross <laughs> their name off a list? Like there is, there is no end to the things they will find a way to be hypocritical about. And that just really bothers me. There's a lot obviously that bothers us about politics. We're working on it. With that said, we're gonna take a short break. We come back, lots more to talk about, including Vivek Ramaswamy. Is he long for this campaign? We're gonna talk about it after this. We didn't really coordinate on this, but can we do Big News Wednesday? I don't. It's go. It's good. Let's do it. Belated, but it is Big News Wednesday. Thank you, Craig. That was nice of you. Okay, with that said, why don't we jump into the state of the Republican primary race with just days to go until the Iowa caucuses? Let's get into it. I'm not. I'm not a candidate. You want me to work that for you? As my kids would say, that's my jam. 
I'm Vivek Ramaswamy and I approve this message. The mainstream media is trying to rig the Iowa GOP caucus in favor of the corporate candidates who they can control. Don't fall for their trick. They don't want you to hear from me about the truth of what really happened on January 6th. The truth about the COVID origin, the Hunter Biden laptop story, and everything else they have lied to you about. So you can fix that. Take your remote and turn this off. Ramaswamy is not happy with the fact that he is being excluded from the next CNN debate, which I believe is happening tonight as of when we're recording this. So he didn't meet the qualifications. And all of these debates always have qualifications. It's not just like anybody can go there that wants to. You have to poll past a certain point. And usually as the race goes on, those thresholds get higher. In this particular case, you had to have some of a set number of pollsters over 10% registering basically, and he didn't. He didn't, and it's not really a mystery why he didn't. He's never done particularly well as a candidate in this race. He has over the past couple of months more and more embraced wild conspiracy theories that he saw as a way to make him stand out, but obviously is not gaining him a significant following inside of the GOP primary. So because he's not allowed on the debate stage, it's just going to be Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. He wants everyone to turn it off. I don't know how that's gonna help him in the caucuses. I don't, I think it's funny by the way that he's he's asking people to not tune in in the form of a TV commercial. When he had recently, this 15 days ago, he tweeted, that he wasn't doing any TV ad spending, saying presidential TV ad spending is idiotic, low return on investment, and a trick that political consultants use to bamboozle candidates who suffer from low IQ. We're doing it differently for the next 15 days. And then immediately he's back to doing the idiotic spending, demonstrating that in his own words, he has a low IQ. Sharon. It doesn't seem as if the campaign is going well for him. Earlier this week, there were some reports of staffers for the Ramaswamy campaign are applying for jobs elsewhere. It doesn't seem like he's gonna last long. What do you think? And what do you think about this strategy of trying to get people to tune out of the debates? It seems silly, but maybe the joke's on all of us, including those staffers who are leaving. I mean, he has Jake Paul now stumping for him. So things could turn around. I think this is lunacy. It's actually lunacy, and the guy is a a walking contradiction. We won't miss him on the debate stage. Frankly, the debate, and I'm in a very cynical mood, and I don't know if you're picking up on it, but the debate (laughs) is not gonna be worth watching anyway, because no one's going to say anything about how they differ from Donald Trump, except, you know, I just think it's time to move on and let him deal with the how many indictments is it now? But Vivek is just all over the place. And I think that he will stay in like one of those little fruit flies that you can't get rid of. Even when you buy all these concoctions, you cannot get rid of these fruit flies. That's him. So he'll be back (laughs) and he will reinvent himself again and again and again. And he's not going away. He's been sent here to annoy all of us. And it's not going to end. Well, it could end. I believe that the solution is sugar water with a little bit of dish detergent. it. I'm telling no, you, didn't work. they, they oh. start to drink it up, they love it, okay? It's stronger. Just, they just multiply, okay? Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. if there were two Okay. Mistakes? Apologies, and honestly, I don't know what the political equivalent of that would be anyway. No, but um, <laughs> here is, so I look, I think his campaign in, in terms of being a, an avenue for him to actually become president, it was never really that, and it's certainly not that now. 
But I, but I will grant you that I think there is one reason why he could stay in. Because, and I think this is an example of it, his candidacy is a way to raise and spend money to benefit Donald Trump. Because think about wow. this, he's saying don't watch that debate because I'm not in it. Yeah, but also don't watch that debate because the two biggest challenges to Donald Trump are in it. Don't see Nikki Haley as she's rising in the polls in a couple of states against him. I'm not saying that is the reason he's doing it, but it is a convenient sort of crossover, a convenient side effect for a guy whose candidacy from the very beginning has been super deferential to Donald Trump, super complimentary of Donald Trump. Donald Trump is talking already about back in the holidays about how he expects Ramaswamy is going to endorse him and that is 100% gonna happen. So this is sort of like contributions in kind to the Trump campaign under the like the he's cosplaying that he's a presidential candidate. But really this is helping Donald Trump more than it could help him because he has no chance. So anyway, I, I don't know if he's gonna stick around. I wanna close with a question for you. What do you think that his candidacy will be remembered for, if anything. Grinning, grinning, I just, I mean, and his hair is nice, maybe. Yeah, I true. think he grins a lot and is like just obnoxious. I think that's really all it'll be about, um, just being kind of smarmy. And I, God, you got me thinking again about what she said about, I think I'm gonna take it and run. I'm gonna take the hand off and run. I think they're in coordination now. Trump campaign, and they probably have been for some time. You're so smart. And he's been the worst to Nikki Haley when he was on that mm -hmm. debate stage. Only Chris Christie interrupted him a couple times, but it was Nikki Haley who he just, she looked at him like, how low can you go? And he went even lower than that. So I think he'll be remembered for being, well, the grin, the trademark grin, the obnoxious personality. But you just have me all messed up now thinking about this coordinated attack. On behalf, is he going to pick him as his running mate? Do you think? I I doubt it. I think maybe like a campaign position. I think, mm -hmm. or, or sorry, a cabinet position would be more likely. It's possible. I think he. I still think Haley Lake Green are my three front runners. But yeah, I think. Look, having someone like this that can just take up a few percentage points of the non-Trump vote that would otherwise go to a Haley or a DeSantis. Like the idea that they're in cahoots, I don't think is that crazy. Um, right. And we'll see, we'll see how he acts later on during this campaign. And not just him also, I think Nikki Haley, like we'll see if she ends up being his VP or something. How do you know that the MAGA world is getting worried about Nikki Haley? Well, their attacks against her, which are constant, are becoming even more deranged and fact-free than usual. Take a look at this recent tweet from Marjorie Green. She's retweeting the libs of TikTok who spread a video that we're gonna show you. And Marjorie Green is saying, add child sex change surgeries to the list of reasons no one should support Nikki Haley. Okay, the idea being Nikki Haley supports child sex change surgeries, thus she's disqualified. Here is the video, the exact video, the entirety of it that libs of TikTok put out. Uh, Madam Ambassador, another question is what care should be on the table when a 12-year-old child in this country assigned female at birth says, actually, I feel more comfortable living as a boy. What should the law allow the response to be? Well, I think the law should stay out of it, and I think parents should handle it. 
That is where the video ends, and that is not a coincidence. It is the like the textbook definition of manipulative editing. Here is what she said. I think the law should stay out of it, and I think the parents should handle it. This is a job for the parents to handle, and then when that child becomes 18, if they want to make more of a permanent change, they can do that. Let me add a little disclaimer to this. I think that every person in this story is the absolute worst. Marjorie Green sucks, libs of TikTok are massive liars and they suck. And Nikki Haley also is terrible and she is a radical on these issues. But it's pretty crazy when they just cut her off before she can say the rest of her sentence and then lie about what that would have been. And the thing is, it's not gonna hurt Chaya Reitschik's reputation such as it is on, on Twitter. Marjorie Green is not gonna apologize for having spread this wildly dishonest interpretation <sighs> of what Nikki Haley said. And so instead you have this thing where they're all radicals, they're all transphobic. But they have to pretend that some of them aren't so that they can seem to be the bigger, more awesome extremist on this issue. Sharon, what do you think? You're so right, Dan. I just want to, I would want to beat the best. I just want to win honestly. And if this is what you have to resort to, and I said it before, how low can you go? There is, there's no bottom. There is no bottom. And they're going to keep going with this. But again, I'm trying to be good here and, and be show integrity. But this is what you get when you get down and make a deal in this devilish world of fakery and a lack of integrity. Nikki Haley may be worse than all of these attacks because she is masquerading as an alternative, a reasonable person, a good choice that everyone could just rally around. And go with, and we honestly don't know everything that she does stand for because she lacks such integrity. It's whatever's going to get her ahead. It's backfiring. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually backfiring, and I rather enjoy that. The alternative, though, with the MTGs of the world and others, is far worse. Well, I just said no. It's not far worse. They're all in this, and I don't know that we can even rank them. I don't feel sorry for her. I don't feel sorry for Nikki Haley, not one bit, because this is a choice. And they've chosen to be like, what was the MTV show? With, was it 12 strangers living in house, seven strangers living in house? And they just, <laughs> so let's see what happens. And this is where they're in the house together, and they're just going to have to figure it out, battle it out however you want. Yeah. And they've stopped being polite, and they've started Bad being really, part. really, really crazy. Right. Yeah, you got it. Little yeah. Twist, but yeah. Um, and look, to, to your point about how, you know, I want to correct the record, but that doesn't mean that Nikki Haley deserves a lot of sympathy. In just the past year, Nikki Haley has claimed that trans girls are making cisgender girls die by suicide. She said that she'll always fight against trans girls getting equal opportunities in sports. She kicked off a presidential campaign with an invocation from hate pastor John Hagee, who believed that Hurricane Katrina was a punishment for pride parades and called for a harsher version of Florida's don't say, say gay law at the same event. All of that, not good enough for Marjorie Green and libs of TikTok. Not extreme enough because I look, and that's they always have to like they they're centering this in the campaign. They think this is what you should be deciding based on. Don't think about the tax cuts behind the curtain or whatever. Um, don't think about the fact that your minimum wage is never going to go up and you're never going to be able to afford a home and all that stuff. Instead, focus on this. 
and pretending that things are happening and at higher rates than they actually are. And it reminded me, by the way, I just wanted to remind everyone, do you remember when Matt Walsh was on Joe Rogan and he was talking about hormone therapy for kids? And Joe Rogan asked him, how many people have had this done? And Matt Walsh said, well, depends on what, I don't think we have exact numbers, but it's, we're talking about the drugs, it's, I mean, millions. And, and this is wild at the Joe Rogan show. One of the producers looked it up and over the past five years, it was less than 5,000. He was wrong by a factor of, I don't even know I'm not a mathematician, but it was like cosmic levels of pretending it was a thing that's happening that is not. And and that is all throughout the right wing now. Um, and why wouldn't they do that? They want this to be the only topic that people think about. And so they have to pretend that it's everywhere. Everywhere you turn, someone's getting a surgery or whatever. Um, and then attacking someone like Nikki Haley, who is a, a, like a, an actual zealot already on this issue as being insufficiently um, uh, extremist. That said, Nikki Haley uh, also got Judge Judy's endorsement. So I guess it balances out. I don't know. Any oh, final goodness. thoughts about Nikki Haley or I Judge Judy, perhaps? I have, my goodness, I revered her. Uh, and I watched her program for years, and now I must stop. I cannot watch anymore. I thought that she was a little harsh, but made some sense. No more, no more. And I just am disgusted by that. I have to tell you that. Um, and you're right like about. I, I just, you know, I'm, you're right about Nikki Haley and Marjorie Taylor Greene and the likes of them. The truth is ugly enough. The truth is ugly enough. We don't need to pile on. But like you said, it's transgender, trans athletes, critical race theory, all things that have nothing to do and are not affecting your life. But somebody dreamt it up in some little harsh, far right think tank and decided, we'll just go with this. And while we're picking their pockets, they won't even know. 100%. Yeah, like the, the future that they are racing us towards, that many of their viewers and followers and voters don't seem to have any problem with is, they're gonna be living on the streets in a garbage can, warming their hands over like the books they're burning and just thinking, well, at least trans kids can't play field hockey. Like that is the future they're racing towards and they don't even seem to know that they're being conned in this way. Okay, with that said, we're gonna take our second break of the first hour. But when we come back, Jeffrey Epstein's brother was interviewed and it is even worse than you'd think based on that sentence. We'll be right back. I'm, I'm gonna try not to engage with all the very interesting commentary that's going on about Worf no, no. and Chewbacca in the chat right now <laughs> because we have to get to news, but I really want to talk about it more. But anyway, thank you everyone for being here. We're gonna get into weirder territory starting with this. You hear all these allegations that he was providing women, uh, some of age, some not of age to other men to compromise them. Does all that surprise you or you hear about that and you kind of go, gee, there was always something about him that, that as a brother, you go, that kind of makes sense. No, it doesn't make sense to me. I think he was just, like you said, he was just having a good time. Jeffrey liked to have a good time. And unfortunately, he chose there, to do it. Well, hold on, there, there's, a, I, there's a big difference I, though between I having- there. I wasn't there, so you're asking me to speculate and I really don't want to speculate because I wasn't there. Okay. 
I don't know what I expected out of the brother of Jeffrey Epstein being interviewed about what Jeffrey Epstein did, but he just likes to have a good time. I feel like that's the sort of position that if you're gonna hold it, just keep it to yourself and stay off the news. I think that would be great because you know what your brother did. You know how many people were wrapped up in it. You know all of that stuff now. And I get that people are always gonna be defensive about their family members or whatever. But you know, you should know better. Anyway, he was asked about the circumstances of Jeffrey Epstein's death. And he decided to loop in Bill Barr in that, take a look. We know so much or so little, whatever you wanna say about his death. What's being covered up about his life? And who would want him dead and why? Well, yeah, he had dirt on people. He told me, like, I, it's been out there that in 2016, he said he had dirt on the then presidential candidates. He didn't tell me what that dirt was, and I don't know. And I wasn't involved with his day-to-day life, so I don't know what he knows. But to go back to your initial question, uh, why? I mean, you'd, you'd have to ask Bill Barr if he was covering this up, which it appears to be, who was he covering it up for? Who was Bill Barr protecting? Okay, so I don't know what the specific connection there is of of Bill Barr in that. Um, look, if people think that the circumstances surrounding the death of Jeffrey Epstein are weird, I'm not gonna tell them that they're wrong. There's a whole lot of weird things there. Um, that said, this guy, like for his own good, I think needs to stop doing interviews because there are a lot of people who are uh, still alive who suffered at the hands of Jeffrey Epstein and and Maxwell and all that. Um, who the last thing they probably need is hearing that it was just a guy who likes to have a good time. But anyway, Sharon, what do you make of uh, of that interview? I haven't heard Harvey Weinstein's brother say much. It, you know about <laughs> this guy wants to be in the news. He is. I don't know what he's done in his life, but he sure does like the spotlight at all costs. Epstein is known as just the worst, the lowest of the low. And here he is, I picture him as he's giving this interview, smiling like the picture that they had mm-hmm. up. It's just pathetic. And I believe he has, you know, he dances between this where he tantalizes people who are so inclined with, I know some things. And then he says, well, he didn't tell me. And then in other news interviews with other outlets, he'll say things like, you know, what I know could blow up the, the whole world. I could have destroyed the 2016 campaign. Uh, we wish you would have, okay? <laughs> and would it have worked? But it's hey, this guy is just to want to have look at me PR on this one. Most people just don't want to be associated. There's some people, families who change their last names so that yeah. they are. I don't know about Madoff's family, but they're keeping pretty low, and that's a completely different, you know, this financial gross crime. But this he seems to love this association. Probably has a family crest. He probably has a crest on his front door, the mailbox, mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. In addition to a house that has a name, I'm sure that's <laughs> a, that's the ultimate well. rich person move. <laughs> yeah. Um. I wish I could get every American together in a big auditorium and deliver a very brief bit of advice, which is that you know that you don't all have to be famous. You don't all have to be interviewed and write books and all. You can just be a person. That's an option. I think everybody thinks that in the, you know, because of the rise of influencers and all that, everybody has to be famous always. That's why politicians like 
when they're on the verge of like losing like a seat or something, they lose their mind because they can't conceive of just being a person again. News anchors. Um, too. What's that? Sorry, I said news anchors too. But you're sure. so right. It's like, but I think they wonder if they don't become famous, do they cease to exist? I think that's a real question. Yeah, I think a lot of people. I, I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, anyway, with that said, we need to move on to our final story of this first hour because it's an important one. I thought about briefly talking about Don Lemon's new show on Twitter or whatever, but we don't have time. We don't have time for that or Chewbacca. So we're moving on to this. The rich have so thoroughly bought out politicians at every level of American politics that they really don't need to hide any of what's going on in the way that they've rigged the economic system. And I wanna talk today about one of the most obvious ways that things are set up to benefit the rich and screw over regular people making far less money. And it's state and local tax rates broken down by how much income you have. And analysis has found that in 41 states, the richest 1% pay the lowest tax rate, lower than the 99% who make far less money in a year. So we wanna show you a breakdown here. If we could bring up this first chart, you're gonna see that the people, and it's, it's almost constant that the less money you make, the higher percentage you pay in state and local taxes. So at the lowest 20%, you're paying 11.3%. For those who make, like I can't even imagine how many times more than them in money. We're talking about an average of over $700,000 a year. They're paying significantly lower rates, 7.2% in state and local taxes. Now look, we know that this is just one part of the way that the system has been manipulated. Even for, you know, like federal taxes, there's all sorts of different loopholes and they've got their high priced, you know, tax attorneys and all that that can that can get them out of paying what they're due and we talked about that many times on the show. But something as simple as this, I feel like when you put this in chart form, how does any politician see this and not have to admit, yeah, it's kind of a bad thing that they're allowed to just buy all of us and then we write the laws to benefit them. Certainly not to benefit the lowest 20%. You're paying this higher state and local tax rate. You don't have much money to begin with. How much money do you have to buy politicians at that point? So we have more on this, Sharon, but not a surprise. It fits in with other stuff that we've known, but it's it's very difficult at this point, it seems like, to find a way that the system has not been optimized for the absolute wealthiest. And there seems to be, they're devious to the core, but there seems to be this thing where they don't have any self-control to stop. They will create trillionaires. And that's okay too. And I think you said the rest of us would be homeless in a bag somewhere. You know, maybe we all have to migrate south during a certain time of year. I don't know. But it is, there's not any end in sight to what they will do to hoard everything for themselves. And what you don't realize when you do that, I think history has shown us, there will be an uprising and it will be consequential. And when it happens, when people wake up and stop doing the culture wars that you know have been like a chip's been planted in them, I don't know when that'll be, but it's going to happen, and it's going to be really bad. Where you could have run away with stealing so many riches, you're now going to have to reckon with something, some kind yeah. of way. We'll all have to. Yeah, and you know, obviously. I, when I talk about that, I'm talking about a political revolution, and we, you know, we we came close um, theoretically in 2016 and in 2020. Um, now, 
I'm ass- I am assuming that those who are entering the voting pool every year or even more, like we know how desperate you know, Gen Z and, uh, <laughs> is economically and how desperate Gen Alpha is going to be. Um, and when you point out that they could have gotten away with stealing so much, I will remind everyone that for a lot of these people, the extra stuff they're stealing beyond just we could sustain this without an uprising forever. All that extra money is it's made up money. It doesn't have any impact on their lives. There's nothing that they can't buy already. Um, the only stuff you can come up with that that extra money like could help with is genetically like cloning a unicorn or something. Mm-hmm. They already have everything, but they have dragon sickness. They mm-hmm. want to go to sleep on the biggest possible pile of gold. That's all it is. And they're willing to see you and your families out on the streets so they can have an extra layer of coins at the top of it that they will never yeah. spend. And And the dragon illness with no cure thus far, I'm gonna put it this way, it may actually end up being a good thing. Because what's gonna happen is that's what it's gonna take to get someone like Anina Turner, okay, elected to Mm -hmm. the White House. To get more people like that in Congress and representing real people and saying, you know, I can do well. I don't have to take all the pie. They can, I can just take a little sliver of the pie and I'm good, I'm plenty full. I think that that's what's gonna, the universe has a great balancing act. Not everybody believes God, this or that, but whatever you believe, I'm telling you, the universe has a great balancing act. And what's gonna come of this is you're not gonna be able to impose your will. The people are gonna rise up and they're gonna say, okay, we're gonna find someone and something real. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, the difficult thing is that when it comes to money, they can't just take that small slice of pie. And for me, when it comes to pie, I can't just take that small slice of pie. It's the arrogance that will be our downfall. Anyway, that is all the time we have for the first hour of the show, everyone. So if you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much. Remember, every day there is other content going up on our YouTube page that you should definitely check out. And with that, we have more to come after this.